0: Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds from the Boldo Racing Team.
1: Hi, I'm James Moffat from the Norton Hornets. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert from Ford Pepsi Max Group, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Look, it oh, it's a great. It's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the Bolt, so... Um, <laughs> be, been here before. I wouldn't say it's the
0: number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment. But, but we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it, but right now we have nothing.
1: Sometimes they're not dickhead you could say it's just it's, they're just there's good racing and i enjoy it yeah. from the race tracks across australia and around the world here's inside supercars
2: Hello and welcome to the show. Uh, joining me this week from VAD Supercars Media, it's Kylie King. Good evening, Kylie. G'day, Kylie. How are you? Hi. Well, pardon me if there's a little bit of Christmas cheer going
3: on. I'm with some uh, some colleagues and we're enjoying our festivities on our way to a Christmas dinner. Perfectly, so apologies in advance.
2: <laughs> perfectly understandable. And uh, Merry Christmas to you, John Bannon from VADX Magazine.
0: Merry Christmas to you also, oh, Craig. It's, a, of course, an exciting time of year. We all get a bit of a break uh, and I guess the... The drivers, teams, and all personnel, media included, get to recharge the
2: batteries a bit for, for the new year ahead. Yes, indeed. And uh, still the stories are coming in. Uh, Speed Cafe has said that Xbox is keeping its 2015 options open, whether they'll stay in some sort of role with Marcus Ambrose and DGR Team Penske. Kylie, Todd Hazelwood, he's a young guy that you would have spoken to a number of times over the year, picks up the Mike Cable Young Gun Award and all of South Australia was pretty happy to have another young rising
3: talent. Yeah, you're right, Craig. It's it's a great story, isn't it? Um, You know, he's... um, He he competed... And and I know he probably missed a little bit of the publicity with the Shannon Supercar Showdown, but, uh, you know, he won that series... uh, and, you know, being associated with FPR as a test driver in 2014 certainly helped. But, uh, you know, those who follow Formula Four and Formula 3 would, would know all about him. But adjusting from wings to, and slicks to these V8 Supercar beasts is a pretty uh, daunting effort. And the fact that he's managed to do it and in such great style at, at the City 500, finishing first, and to finish eighth in the series overall is uh, a fantastic effort, and I think you're right. Um, the South Australians have really got behind this young driver, and uh, he's done an amazing job. So uh, I was so rapt uh, to see him win that award, and, and the drivers really do cherish it. I've spoken to a few of them over the journey, and, and some big names too. You know, starting off with uh, one Marcus Ambrose back in the day won it as well. So some big names there, and, and the fact that he uh, that he won that award is a real testament to him, and, and the team behind him. And, one of the things I love about covering uh, the development series and the Dunlop series it's is that you really get a bit of a bird's eye view on some of these young guys who are coming through the ranks. Uh, a lot of people haven't heard of them when they enter this series, but, um, you know, a few Scott McLaughlin's later, uh, there's certainly the whole world that's about
2: Mm. Yeah, you're just starting to get a bit of a breeze going through that microphone there, Kylie. missing. Uh, they want to make sure they've got some wins and top fives in 2015, and uh, I guess it's an, a bit of an imperative with the automotive market where it is, uh, we see that Volvo's future is not secured. Ford definitely doesn't have uh, a manufacturer's support future, and who knows what Holden and uh, and any other manufacturer might be thinking. And a, a real a, a real time for the Nissan team, the Kelly boys, to start getting some wins.
3: Well.
2: getting any better there Kylie, sorry about that. Um, John Bannon, DJR is going to, well is currently going through the uh, restructured to a single car from two cars this year and uh, quite a change going on up there in Queensland.
0: There, there certainly is and of course there's very high hopes next season uh, with that operation being, being run by Penske and Marcus Ambrose coming on board and uh, I think the thing is here, uh, a lot of people are going to expect Marcus to to really uh, challenge Jamie from the word go. I think that's an unrealistic expectation. I, I think, given it is a one-car operation, uh, given that Penske, as successful as they has been all around the world with their motorsport, first year, uh, I think a good result for Marcus would be would be top 15 in the championship, to be honest. I'm, I'm sure he's hoping for higher, and he may well... Uh, I guess surprises for for want of a better expression by by running right there at the front uh, and obviously as the weekend went on Sydney he got quicker and quick, quicker and was about 16th I think in that in that final race so well I think a top 15 top 10 result would be very good for Marcus next year I think that's where about that team is at the moment but you, you never know he's a, a quality driver he's won a couple of championships. Uh, he's done very well in a competitive series uh, in the States, in, in NASCAR, where it really is hard to get ahead. So uh, anything's possible, uh, but I guess uh, we'll see. Come, um, the proof will be in the foot of next season.
2: Yeah, it will be indeed, indeed. Another of the Shannon Supercar Showdown winners, Cam Waters. He's been confirmed as returning in the Dunlop Series with ProDrive Racing Australia, of course, formerly known as FPR.
0: Well, that's right, and uh, he... I guess, in terms of the team, they're expecting him to win the championship next year. That's the expectation. He's now had, I think, three or four years of experience in this series. Of course, he debuted at Bathurst back in 2011 uh, after winning the the Shannon's um, Supercar Showdown series, I think as a 16- or 17-year-old. So uh, he's he's already had a lot of experience in v 8 The question mark will be for him, I guess, is if, um, the likes of Paul Dumbrell, uh, any of the, the drivers in the main game who are previously full time, come into a really competitive car, and, and that will really be the, I guess, the, the point as to whether he'll do any better than second in the championship this year. Uh, he's got all the resources, the FPR Pro Drive resources, behind him to, to take the title, and it's certainly a good news for him as a development of his career. Uh, but really, whether he wins the series will all be dependent on, on what. Uh, Uh, Red Bull
2: do um, next year. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see. We'll talk more about that in the next, uh, well, in a couple of segments' time. But for now, we go to our feature interview, and it's Tim Sindrick from Dick Johnson Team Penske, or in factual fact, from Team Penske, uh, talking about the amalgamation of Dick Johnson Racing and Team Penske.
1: Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page... Tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at V8 Supercars with Supercars Today. It's a short, sharp look at what's happening across the V8 Supercars world. The only, the only things Ross is ever critical on are the things that, a, are you going to make the car go faster or B, are going to make the race team look better? So he's um, he's, he's honestly taken on board the, the team and, and also, you know it's, it's great to see how much actually he's passionate. His supercars Today, each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au or sign up for the podcast on iTunes.
4: Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard from Lockwood Racing, and you're listening to Inside Supercars.
1: Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. you know. Through the years, a lot of reference this race as one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task.
1: Uh, we were able to beat the
0: two two boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to, have to um, take the win off
3: him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor Stata family.
1: Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Dale Wood from
2: Team Advam GB Gal, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Tim Sindrick, welcome back to Australia. Have you been astonished by the amount of uh, the outpouring of goodwill and, and excitement that Marcus is bringing to the series?
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I feel that, uh, you know, as, as I reflect, you know, 12 months ago, this was just an idea, and that now it's become a, a bit of a reality. And, and uh, you know, Marcus received, I think he even he was surprised um, by the reception that he, he received when he came back after being gone for so long. So uh, obviously a lot of work to do, um, but we're still learning. Uh, we're, we probably know a bit more than we did 12 months ago, but uh, we're not there yet.
2: The ability to put a wild card into a race and, and get, so much information for marcus so so quickly in his transition how important do you see that being for 2015
4: it's paramount Uh, it was a it was a big ask especially the djr team um at the end of a season to to you know not only have to focus on on where you where you are in the championship but also to to ask the people to uh to do the job that, that we've asked them to do in a very short period of time and um, you know, hats off to FBR and, and what FPR has really done for uh, the whole DGR effort in terms of having the wild card and what they've done for Marcus. I don't think we could do it without those guys. Um, but to come here and, and integrate our staff from America um, into the D J R team, even if it was over three or four weeks, it, it really... You know, through osmosis in some ways, puts puts our organizations together, and they can learn together. I guess in the trenches very quickly.
2: It took Team Penske a, a long time to really well to win that first championship in NASCAR. Obviously, you want success sooner than that experience would have uh, shown you.
4: Yeah, I think you know when you look at the initial date at which Penske got involved in NASCAR it was back in the you know the early 70s but uh really didn't make a, a concerted effort until the early 90s but certainly um yeah we're we're not here to wait 20 years to be successful but at the same time we understand that it's not going to happen overnight um, you know I, I think that combining the uh, really the the icons of of Roger himself and and Dick Johnson and then putting Marcus Ambrose in there that that triangle to me, it has been fun to watch the dynamics of that, but more implor- importantly, I think for for V uh, eight, the, the the people and the what you've what you've heard really amongst you know the punters is is more about how we've kind of in, in their minds in some ways put a, a freshness to what's going on here, and and some will like it and some won't. Um, but that's, that's what racing's about. You know, Racing's about having those that you support and those that you root for and those that you root against. And that makes it interesting. So hopefully we'll make it interesting, if anything else.
1: The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panelists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media, or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from Erebus Motorsport and you're listening to Inside Supercars.
2: Welcome back to Inside Supercars. John Bannon and Kylie King joining me, Craig Ravel. And uh, Paul Dumbrell, we mentioned him before we went to the feature interview there, John. uh, He's locked in with Wing Cup for 2015. He was racing with Eccleson Motorsport last year in the Dunlop Series, which he wrapped up before the last round even, and that's when he missed one day's racing to go off to an Autobahn conference. So he was pretty emphatic in taking out his third championship, do you think he'll become a four-time?
0: Well, I guess that's the big question. As you said, he, he really took the championship quite easily uh, this year in, in the Dunlop series. In, in previous years, it's gone down to the last round. So it's not going to show just how dominant Dunlop was uh, this year. I guess race will be particularly to have more miles under himself, and probably the development series is a perfect place for that. Uh, but is it fair on the younger drivers? That's what, what I think. And it's also interesting that he took a step back from racing because of his um, various business commitments, and yet um, he, he's still managing to get to the track quite a few times uh, a year, which of course is great for him. He enjoys the, the, the drive, but I really would like to see that development series used uh, to help nurture the likes of, of Cameron Waters, um, Todd Hazelwood, uh, Andre Heingartner, all these young guys that are coming through and it's very hard for them to really make their mark in the uh, when you have ex-full-time drivers coming in, uh, basically to get practice miles uh, ahead of their enduro duties. I guess teams will always use the, the series that way. I guess they're crazy uh, not to. But, um, yes, if Dumbarell is in that series, in a Red Bull car next season, then uh, I think uh, Ken Waters is going to have a hard time winning that championship.
2: Mm, now, Kylie, of course we've seen the and, and even Paul Dumbrell said at the uh, final press conference of the year whilst ever the rules say you can't pair up your lead two drivers, him being in the Dunlop series and other other well credentialed drivers being in the Dunlop series is going to be a standard thing because they have to get the miles to be competitive when it comes to the injuries.
3: I guess argument is that it would also lifts the profile of the Dunlop series in a way. It's a competition purely with these rising stars. As journos, we know who they are. We give them credibility. But for the average punter out there, you know, having, I guess, a Paul Dunlop, oh, isn't he the guy that won the Jamie Winkup or, or, you know, a, I don't know, whoever, Steve Owen or who else might follow up occasionally. There, there's that little bit of cachet that's associated with the series. And it's also a good test for some of these young guys. Because, yeah, we think they're good, but how good are they? Can they match it with, with a, a full dumbbell? You know? Have they got what it takes? So I can see both sides of the argument. and even Dean Fiore was in there a couple of races too. And, and, yeah, a, a tough one. Yeah, I don't know where I stood on that. I can see both sides of it. Yeah, it's a great fit for the young guys for given these opportunities. But also, yeah, it does add an, an extra storytelling element uh, for fans who, who can follow these guys uh, who, who have a little bit more of a, of a higher profile than some of the young coming
2: yeah, and there is a gap, isn't there? We, we looked at uh, the Dunlop Series two years ago with Chaz Mustard, Nick Perkett and, uh, of course, uh, Scott McLaughlin, John. And it was just a bumper crop of young drivers who have subsequently gone to the main game and shown they've got it. This year, I- I'm willing to say that we have seen the gap in the Dunlop Series increase just because the young guys... They aren't there yet. They're not ready to make that transition. And of course, I need to include Dale Wood into that list that I uh, uh, mentioned earlier.
3: Oh, I think we've
0: always seen it, Craig. If you look at if you look at recent championship winners, um, Steve Owen, uh, who was uh, an ex-main game driver, a regular duro driver, he came in the series and matched up a, another championship or or two. And and I, I think. Um, I think another interesting point here is sponsorship. Kylie raised a very good point then about, you know, having experienced drivers in there creates a really good yardstick, but also what does it do for the younger guys in terms of sponsorship? They're running in third, fourth, fifth in the championship. Uh, where, where, does that, where does that leave them? The does one want to get on board with a car that's not right at, at the front? And I guess the other thing, the other point you raised there, Craig, is about the young drivers coming through, guess the collapse of the the Australian Formula Four Championship, so to speak. Whether that means that the the guys sort of have to do a bit of Scotty McLaughlin and and I guess their parents have to take a bit of a punt and put them from karting straight into a Carrera Cup car or straight into a development series car. So that might be why we're not seeing um, you know the likes of, of, of Scotty and and Chaz, Nick Perkat, Tim Blanchard, all those guys have come through in the last few years um, there because there hasn't been that that development step that that has always been there. Having said that, we've got the Formula 4 championship coming and that might help young guys uh, feed into this development series.
2: And Kylie, another thing we haven't spoken about but is going to play a factor is that with the live television being provided by Speed... The coverage of the Dunlop series is going to greatly increase and what I see happening is that the sponsorships are going to increase because they're now saying that you get X amount of millions of dollars of airtime every year and they'll want to try and increase the sponsorships to match. Well, that's
3: right. And I think that's been an issue over the past years when there were delays over the rights. you might recall. You know, we went into the Christmas break not knowing who the rights holders were, and, it, and, it, and I know it cost DJR costly because they had a sponsor ready to go but they couldn't commit to which network was going to win the rights. Um, as we know, it did go to seven for another two years, which, which did help them. I think now that there's a very clear understanding where the rights are going to be for the next five years, and that Foxtel have really committed to show every session live. Now, that's pretty amazing. You think about practice sessions on a Friday or or a Thursday, as the case may be at Clipsal. That's a lot of television time that it appears they are going to offer uh, our sports. So I think you're right, Craig. I think there's some terrific opportunities there. Um, This will be the first year to really see how it all works, but I think going forward we'll really know exactly what sort of coverage they'll get and... It's all about sponsorship, as we know, to, to really help these
2: young guys through. So fingers crossed it all works out well with this new deal. Mm, yeah, it's going to be an important one for sure for
3: the and health One of the final
2: scenes.
0: thing there, Craig, as well. Yep. If you look at the Baptist podium this year, uh, all of the guys were ex-development series guys in recent years because you had Chas, who was the race, you had Moffat and Taz um, Douglas, uh, who finished second, and Percat finished third. So it does go to show... The development series does work in getting
2: those drivers into the main game and succeeding. Yeah, and it'll also be interesting to see where Porsche Carrera Cup will land as well because they've been benefiting from the fact that the Dunlop Series cars have been so expensive in the past. They've been a, a very cheap alternative to ensure that guys can get track time and get track time in front of the big stage.
3: Well, that's right, and look, Shay Davies is one driver that comes to mind who who benefited from that, and then now he's signed up for, for the Dunlop Series next year, uh, but yeah, you're right, it's equal machinery, it's, it's, it's racecraft they get to learn, it, it's, you're perhaps right, it's, it's a bit more affordable, things are provided for them, it really does show the, the level of the driving ability when they're, they're all the same, and Renee Gracie's another one too from Porsche Carrera Cup, so yeah, oh, yeah it's, it's difficult, isn't it, to know which pathway to go for these drives, but cost is always a factor, um, but there's no doubt the Carrera Cup, because I've covered that this year as well,
2: um, has really brought a few of these guys on really well. Mm. Yeah, indeed. We need to take a break here on Inside Supercars. There's plenty more when we return.
1: Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett from HHA Racing. You are listening to Inside v Supercars. Tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at V8 Supercars with Supercars Today. It's a short, sharp look at what's happening across the V8 Supercars world. The only, the only things only is ever critical on are the things that A you gonna make the car go faster or B you're gonna make the race team look better. So he's um he's he's honestly taken on board the, the team and, and almost you know it's it's great to see how much actually he's passionate. Supercars today. Each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au or sign up for the podcast on iTunes.
2: Hi, I'm Scott Pye from Wilson Security, Dick Johnson Racing, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars with Kylie King and also John Bannon. And, of course, Verdex Magazine is out now in in all good news agents and probably some bad ones as well. Uh, John, the FG has got its first run, but will the FG be running under a dealer team banner? And if a dealer team can get up, do you think they'll be able to afford... Pro Drive Racing Australia or will I have to go for the option of the one car DJR Team Penske option?
0: Well, I guess it all will come down to money, won't it, Craig? It'll all come down to sponsorship and what uh, what people can afford to run. Uh, I guess it, it really is one of these ones where we we'll just have to wait and see. All we can do now is really deal on the facts. We know that... Um, FPR have got, I guess, factory support for next season. And uh, in time, it will be revealed whether we start getting, um, I guess, some customer outfits. Um, I mean, this car is still very new. There is still um, the opportunity that they could run it for, you know, a couple more seasons. And I guess with some of these new regulations um, coming in, you know, at the end of 2016 into 2017... Uh, that's where we might see a change again. But for the moment, uh, you'd have to think that um, uh, things will continue as they are certainly for next year. But yes, we could see um, some of these uh, customer um, or dealership teams coming in um, in, in, in 2016, but it'll all come down to the dollars. It's, as we know, a very expensive sport.
2: Yeah, and Kylie, that's the interesting thing. We've got Ford already announced they're pulling out, and the dealer's saying, well, we don't want to. I know when pertek pulled out of uh, Stone Brothers Racing, the dealer network there went absolutely ballistic at head office because they were using the V8s as a very, a very successful business to business tool and I think we're seeing something like that with the Ford dealers
3: Yeah, I know and that's the trouble isn't it, you can see it's sort of the grassroots level, um, the real benefits but isn't that true of corporate business anywhere the world over often uh, the top of doesn't know what the, the grassroots level is telling them and yeah, it's a real shame. Um, and look, well, fair yeah, supercars for me—it's just a fantastic sponsorship platform because, unlike a lot of other sports, you can get those real uh, experiences. You know, you can go to the track and be part of the corporate hospitality. You can get hot laps and do all those sorts of things. So. Uh, I think for me, into at supercars, it's, it's still a,
2: an amazing sporting property to be associated with, it, and I think we'll for, rule for, for their decisions. Mm. And unlike uh, sponsoring the state of origin or sponsoring the tennis, it's cars. It's your car. Yeah, yeah I know. You know it's, uh,
3: it's, it's a brand, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's something we can all relate to. Uh,
2: it is quite... Interesting to see how it's going. And, of course, in the light of, uh, of course, the story we r- reported on last week, Volvo announcing that they're pulling out of World Motorsport. It's uh, also bringing up some question marks. What might happen with uh, Gary Rogers, who has had, you know, tremendous success, John? Well, yeah,
0: I mean, they've only just really in the infancy of this this, this whole project. And, uh, of course, uh, Scott's done an unbelievable job um, in, in that car this year, and and really is one of the the genuine hopes to challenge Jamie uh, for the championship uh, next season. Uh, so it would be a big surprise uh, if Volvo decided to pull out, uh, particularly the success they're having. It's got to be a uh, wonder for their brand. I, now, if you go back to the uh, the, the old days, so to speak, and I guess all the different Volvo jokes and all those sort of things. I know their their brand has come a long way. Um, since then, you know, the Volvos on the road today are a, a very stylish, uh, sophisticated cars and, and they make great cars. So uh, to gain that pop, Scott's got an incredible fault. Uh, he's a very popular driver. A lot of the, the young fans of the sport are, are getting behind him as Scott takes to social media and, um, and, and really builds himself up as a brand in his own right. So with the combination of Volvo and Scott McLaughlin, Uh, you'd think there'd be a lot of uh, mileage, so to speak, for continuing uh, with that relationship because surely they're getting value for money out of it.
2: Mm, It's going to be interesting to see the decision. A final thought and perhaps some reflections on the season that was and your hopes for 2015 after the break.
1: Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task.
0: We uh, were able to beat the two level to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which so we were able to do it, but, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, representative
1: family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bottolo
2: Racing Team, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. A final thought, John Bannon.
0: I think next season uh, we're going to see the resurgence of the Holden Racing Team. I think towards the end of last year, uh, certainly at Homebush, uh, and really the last few races, you could just see how well James Courtney and Garth Tander had their cars hooked up. I think next season we could see them as a, a genuine championship threat again. And I guess for big Holden fans out there, um, that will be a, a much uh, welcome factor in the championship.
2: Yes, just another Holden winning on top of the Red Bull success. That's, uh, that's really going to make uh, anyone who doesn't follow Holden thrilled, Kylie King. Your final thought. <laughs>
3: Look, For me, being um, a television journal, I'm really looking forward to what Foxtel are going to bring to the table with their, their money and their budgets and their technology. I'm just really interested in how they're going to cover our sport, what kind of innovations they might bring, um, and yes, I know it's not a popular decision with, with a lot of the fans out there that, that don't have Foxtel, um, but look, if you can afford to do it and you can afford to watch it, and, and it's something that you know we're convinced is going to be good for us, um, I just think they might bring some really cool stuff, so uh, I'm really excited about that aspect.
2: I'm interested to see Channel 10 and to see what ratings they get when people get their weekends back because they're not sitting in front of the TV all weekend and how well that will go.
3: (laughs) Well, the one thing about Channel 10, and I've worked with those guys for a long time in my early career, when they get a product... They they run as much of it as they can. They don't have a lot of competing properties, I guess. Uh, as as I guess with the seven issue, they had to sort of jiggle things around a bit to fit V18. Um, I guess with, with with ten, you know, and that they once had the the um, the Melbourne Racing Carnival there for a while in spring as well. Um, and they do give a lot of air time to the programs they have because um, yeah, they've got gaps to fill. So. Um, Yes, yeah, so I'm sure they'll do a great job, too, with some, some great talent involved
2: in what they're up to. Well, Merry Christmas to both you, Kylie King and John Bannon. Thanks, Craig,
3: yeah. and thanks for your patience with our party bus here, with our Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> and so, thanks, Craig, for Christmas, too, also
0: Kylie as well.
2: Yes, thanks very much. That's all we have time for on the show this week, and we'll be back next week with our final show of 2015. I hope you can join us.
1: Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.